I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Hebrews chapter number 1, Hebrews chapter number 1. We were looking at uh, last time that God has spoken these last days to us by a son, Jesus Christ. And we looked at the things that he has spoken in his word and who he is. We looked at why he has the ability to speak, why he has the authority to speak, and we looked at his incarnation. We looked at uh, his preexistence. We looked at his message. We looked at the fact that he is the mediator between God and men. And we are grateful for what he has done to reconcile us to God. But he has, uh, when this God inspired the writers here through the Spirit of God to write, when he got to this, God spoke in time past under the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken us by his son. He then sets off these clauses of the greatness of his son. God had a plan that would involve Jesus Christ going to the earth where they at one point in time, there would be this separation between them as the sin of the world came on to him. And as he bore in the man part of his body, the sin and had the power to lay that down and then as God had the power to pick it back up in the glorified body that you and I will have one day God is uh, very uh, thrilled with his son as Jesus prayed if there be any other way let this cup pass from me nevertheless not my will but thine be done God who at sundry times in diverse manner spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son comma whom he hath appointed heir of all things, comma. There's our first clause. We see here he is an appointed heir. He is an appointed heir. The idea of the word here is appointed. He is one that has been laid down to. It's the one that has been given to. He's appointed and he's an heir. He is the one who has all the rights to things that are coming. When you look at that, you look at Christ being the heir. Here's what I want you to see. Jesus Christ said to the disciples just before he gave them the Great Commission, the verse just before the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus came and spake unto them, the disciples, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. The idea of the word power is asusia. It's the power of authority. I have the authority because I have the rights. And that's part of what that word means, the privilege, the rights, the heirship. This is who I am. And because all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth, go ye, 
therefore, and teach all nations. Now, there's two times the word teaches here. It says, teach all nations. Then it says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Then verse 20, teaching them to observe all things. The first teach is matayato, and it has the idea of to become a pupil or to make a disciple of. In order for them to be a disciple, they would have to be saved. Go and get to the nations with the gospel. Then when you do that, there's a separator there, comma, when they are made disciples of, they're saved, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Then teaching them, didasco, and this has the idea of to teach, to instruct, to give a sense to. So we know that they are to be taught the precious word of God. He says, For the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Christ has inherited the authority to execute all judgment upon men. He's God. He's able to do that. He is heir with God. He is an heir of all things. He is going to come back to this earth one day, and he is going to take this earth and remake it, a new heaven and a new earth, and he is going to be the ruler of the holy city. He is going to be the ruler of the millennium. He is going to be the one that there will be a rod of iron rule. So we see that this is very important that we look at. He is appointed heir of all things. And by the way, because he's an heir and we're now an heir and joint heirs with Jesus Christ because of that privilege. He is an heir. Now, when we look at this, it's in the aorist active indicative. Now, that's a lot of words, but here's what it means. It means once and for all. It is appointed at a time, and it's once and for all. And I love that because a lot of the times in our salvation, you will read things that are in the present tense. You will read things that are in the aorist tense. And when it comes to our being saved, it is in the aorist tense. And that means that it's a once and for all done deal, and it seals it. It's in the active voice, which simply means that the subject makes it active. And, of course, uh, God appointed him heir. God the Father has that right. And then the indicative mood just simply means it's the mood of certainty. It's, it, it's a done deal, and it's certain. It really happened. It's like an extra stamp that's been put on it. This is for real. Now look at the next clause. It says, He has spoken to us by a son whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Now when we see by whom also he made the worlds, Colossians 1.16 says, All things were created by him and for him. Jesus is part of the Godhead. Jesus is part of creation. He created it. God created it. The Holy Spirit created it. You remember we talked about the last time we were in John's Gospel, chapter number 1. Do you remember what John's Gospel, chapter number 1 says? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And I skipped over one verse. You know what that one verse was? Verse 3. All things were made by Him. And without him was not anything made that was made. He is the creator. And Hebrews chapter number one says, By whom also he made the worlds. And when it talks about that, it talks about the fact 
that Jesus Christ is as all-powerful as God because they are three in one and one in three. Never forget who Jesus is. He is the creator of the world. The Bible says that he is the one that created not only the things that are in heaven, but that are in earth. Not only that are visible, but invisible. Not only if they're thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him, but listen, and for him. So if you see something out in the stars, he created it. If you get a telescope and see a planet, he created it. When you look at your fellow human being, he created us. Those things that we cannot see, did we get a microscope? He created it. Those things we cannot see that we still don't even know exist, he created it. Whatever and whoever it is, God created it. Ephesians 3, 9 says, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Christ Jesus. He is the creator of all things, He by whom he made the world. Now, verse 3, the first clause, because again, this is all one sentence. Who being the brightness of his glory... So we see the appointed heir, the absolute creator. Now we see the awesome glory, the glory of God. And it's the brightness of his glory. The word brightness deals with the flash that, that there's, oh, that gets your attention. It's a ten, It means to emit light with splendor. It is that emitting of wonderful, awesome, glorious Mm, splendor magnificence he is the brightness of his glory the word glory is the word doxa and it's in the new testament uh, a lot and it deals with the the dignity and the glory and the honor and the praise and the worship that is worthy of the lord and is due the lord and thank god that he is the very express image of his glory someone once said what did Jesus look like? Well, we know that he was born uh, uh, of the Jewish nature, and he came through the lineage of the Jews. As far as his human birth goes, the mother was Mary through the lineage of David. The legal father was Joseph through the lineage of David. But if you ever want to get a description of who he was, what did they see when they saw him? The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth you know what they saw they saw his glory when they saw Christ they saw his radiance they saw that splendor and magnificence they saw something that was far beyond just a human being well why would fishermen by the a man coming to them saying follow me and I will make you fishers of men Matthew Follow me. Why would men leave their fishing business and leave their taxing business to go follow somebody that is a man? Because there was something about this man. He had a glory about him. And I'd like to say that when I got saved, there were testimony meetings that would take place in our church. And I've seen it time and time and time again where we would get caught up in the great things of God and the testimonies would just start flowing and there would be tears and there would be amens and glories and hands raised and all these things 
and you would see on the saints of God, the ones that were walking with God, that loved God, that could could see the glory emanating. You could see actual things happening, cool things happening, things that would just like a neon sign radiate. I'm in love with my Savior, and he's in love with me. My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. For thee all the follies of sin I resign. And I'm telling you, it don't get any better than a testimony meeting when you find yourself in the glory world and the glory of God coming through. And you get that backside of his glory. He is the radiance, the absolute radiance of glory. Now watch this. It says, and the express image of his person. Let's deal with express image. The word express image is a translation of a word from which gets our word character. It's from the word character, character, and it has the idea of that which has been engraven. And so what we see here is the character that's been engraven. And it simply means the stamp, the mark, the impression, the very uh, essence of God, the very literal image of God, very much exact likeness. He and God, they are one, and there is no division between them. The word image is a very interesting word. It's the word hypostasis, and in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number one, this word is translated substance. He is the very substance, the very being, the very person, the very embodiment embodiment of God. And we said last time that Jesus made no bones about who he was. John 10, 30, I and my father are one. Philip was like, where are we going to know where you're going? How are we going to know? If you just show us the father, it would suffice us. Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long a time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me hath seen the father. And how sayest thou then, show us the father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. There is no question what Christ claimed when he was on this earth. There is no question what the Bible declares emphatically he is. He is the Son of God. He is God. He has been with God. He is one in the Trinity and three. And he's part of the one in three. And it says here, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Philippians 2, 6. Who being in the form of God, talking about Jesus Christ, thought it not robbery, to be equal with God, but took on him no reputation, took him the form of a servant, being found in the fashion of man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Hebrews tells us he is the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person. That's who he is. Never forget who he is. He is the one who is all in all. He is the express image of his person. He is the very essence and substance and person of God. He was walking like a man, 
with everything God. He brought God to man. He came down to where man was to show that God wanted him to be saved and be with him. But God does not want to populate heaven with robots. He wants to populate heaven who love him on purpose who love him with a wholehearted love, that want to be saved, that want to serve him, that want to live for him, that want to take him up on his offer of salvation. That is who he is, and that is what he wants. Now watch. We see here that not only is he the express image of his person, but it says, and upholding all things by the word of his power. Upholding all things by the word of his power. The word upholding is from the word ferro, which means to uphold, support, maintain, carry forward. And the tense that is used is present tense, indicating that he is continually holding everything up. And so you never worry about anything because he's the one that's always got it into control. That's the same thing that Colossians 1, 16 and 17 that we read a little while ago said, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. He's holding it all up, whatever it is. And verse 17 of that chapter, which we didn't read, says he is before all things and by him all things consist, hold together stick together it all holds together because of our lord and savior jesus christ far above the principalities and things the entire universe is held together by the power of jesus christ the word universe comes from two latin words uni which means one and verse which has several meanings and can be a verse of poetry and things like that but as you go farther back, uh, it's word, uh, a word, one word. And so if you go back to the, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth out of nothing. Uh, the universe is God's one word, period. There it is. There's God's one word. The idea of the universe is that God created it all, made it all, and he's the one that has us in this world for his reasons. But it's all holding together because of the power of God's word. We see that he has he is the appointed heir. He is the absolute creator. He has the awesome glory. He's the express image of his person. We see that he is absolutely the substance of everything that is being held together. Now watch. He says here, when it says he is upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins. Wow. And by himself, he purged our sins. Well, what in the world does that mean? Well, what that means is it makes him the author and finisher of our faith. <laughs> Think about that. The author and finisher of our faith. The word purged means cleansed, purified. And again, it's in the aorist tense, but it's in the middle voice, and it's indicative. So what that simply means is it's at one point in time, he did it, and it's a done deal. He did it once for all. It's done. He doesn't have to do it again and again and again. He done it once. He went to Calvary and purged our sins. He done it once. He'll never do it again. The middle voice simply means that he benefited from his action. He gets the glory for the act of redemption because no one else could 
do what he did. And no one else will share in the glory of salvation that God has when there's rejoicing in heaven over one that gets saved because of what it was his son that did it. Did you notice that? He did it by himself. Who when he had by himself. Jesus Christ was the one that hung on that cross. Jesus Christ was the one that sat there in that hours of darkness as God turned his back on him. Jesus is the one who left that somehow with his ability to lay his life down and pick it back up and come back to the grave. Nobody else did that, and he did it for you and me. He died for you and me. He bought you and me. He purged us. And the indicative mood, again, simply means this, that it is true. It is the mood of certainty. It is confident. You can have all the confidence in the world that he did it, and all who believe in what he accomplished and what he did and what he's all about, then they are the ones who will be saved. And you can't do it by works and you can't do it by money and you can't do it by membership. You can't put it into anything that you do. When Paul was writing about the great salvation that was to come, he was going on, uh, he got carried away right in the introduction. Then he got back and said who he was and all this. And then he came in and started talking about the wrath of man is revealed. And it went through all those horrible things. They gave them up, gave them up, gave them over. Then he talked about the moral Jew and all these people missing the mark. And, of course, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But then he comes in. And he says, listen, therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in the sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. That's how it is. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest or made known, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. Link to faith is belief. Same word with a little different slant. We look at the word faith, and the root word is the root word pistis, faith, assurance, belief. All them that believe. Pistoio, which means that have committed unto that belief, have put their action uh, faith in, who have entrusted. Faith, see, faith is entrusting. Let me give you an example of that. Let's say we strung a tightrope wire across two of the tallest buildings in the world and they're next to each other these two of the tallest buildings and there are stories and stories up to anyone that falls they're going to die and the greatest tightrope walker of the world comes up and says how many of you believe that I can walk this tightrope blindfolded holding a baby in my hands and people raise oh we believe we believe he said okay hand me your baby Oh, no, 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 no. We believe you can do it, but we're not, we're not going to trust you to do it. We believe you can. We're not gonna, see, one's a head belief, but it's not a heart belief. It's not enough to hand that baby over to somebody blindfolded on a tightrope that's going between two buildings that are the highest buildings in the world. But by faith, we believe. The word believe means we entrusted ourselves to him that he purged our sins and died for us and took our place and therefore we are putting our absolute total trust in him for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely 
by his grace, declared righteous by his unmerited favor through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Oh, my friend, that is incredible. We must realize that. We must see that. We must understand that. And I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Christ came being justified. Christ came that we might have the redemption that is in him who God has sent forth to be a propitiation like the mercy seat, an expedient, an, an expectatory, atoning victim. He has taken care of it all. But how did he do that? Through faith in his blood, belief in his blood to declare his righteousness. Again, justification for the remission of sins to declare his righteousness through the remission of sins. What in the world does that mean? The remission of sins means the getting, removing of it. To, it's gone over. He's looked over it. It's not there. It's not on our account anymore. It is not there. Thank God for the removal, the remission of sins. And I'm glad to tell you that he has done what he has done because he is God and above him there is none else. But I want you to see something. We're going to find this again in the book of Hebrews because it's a very important point when he has a superior priesthood. He's going to make this point very loud and clear again. It says here, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, cleansed us from them, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. A couple things I want to say about that. Number one, he sat down because the work was finished. He sat down because there would never be a need to do it again like the priests in the Old Testament. It's not going to happen again. He sat down in a very special place of power. Where did he sit down at? He sat down on the right hand of God the Father. That's where he is, the majesty on high, it says here. But we know that it's also the fact that it is the heavenly Father. He is sat down. He is done. He is sat down because on the cross he said, it is finished. The payment was complete to telestai. The paperwork's been stamped, paid in full. By the blood of the Lamb, you don't have to worry about it ever again. Listen to me. We don't have to worry about anything because we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who is seated at the right hand of God. One day, I believe, God's going to say, hey, it's time to go get our children. He's going to stand up. But by the way, he stood up when a man named Stephen said, hey, I see Jesus standing up. He may have stood up for you a time or two when you were standing up for him. That is our Savior, Jesus Christ, being made much, so much better than the angels as he has obtained an inheritance, a more excellent name than they, and that transcends to he is better than the angels. Well, this is Pastor Walton praying that you have an absolutely awesome day. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. This word it thrills me through and through. I believe every word.
believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every You've been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.